0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 337 and session number 103 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday. And you guys have heard me say this. If you guys are longtime listeners, what am I going to say? I love doing this. That's what it is. And I'm sitting here today with that cup of coffee that I always talk about because it's a little chilly here today in South Carolina. We've had some really nice winter weather. I mean, I'm talking 75 plus, but today, the high is only 44 degrees. I literally had a hat on just a few minutes ago, coming from lunch with my wife, and uh, i kind of chilly here. So I said, "You know what? I'm going to have a nice cup of coffee, and I'm going to go and talk to my TAS peeps." That's you. So I can't wait to jump into today's questions that were submitted by you guys. So I probably should remind you, if you're brand new and you have not listened to this uh, type of session before or this type of show, uh, it's something we do on Fridays called Ask Scott, and it's where you can ask me a question. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. Just record a short voicemail. I say short, under a couple minutes, and uh, just leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and uh, yeah, I can uh, possibly answer here on an upcoming show. Would love to have you do that. Now, a couple of things before we jump into today's Ask Scott session, and that is, and I usually try to leave you guys with a little bit of a thought of the week or maybe a word of the week or whatever, right? Well, the one of the big things that I'm seeing with a lot of people is not staying the course, meaning they start something, they don't see results, they jump to something else, right? Something else comes across, it's that shiny object syndrome, which you guys have probably all heard about, Uh I'm guilty of that. I've done that in the past, but I've really tried to, over the years, especially focus on one thing and stay the course for a certain amount of time to really give it my all. Because I think we can all agree, if you give a little bit of energy over here to this, and then a little bit of energy over here to this, and then you have family, and then you have you know certain things that you know obligations, you're not going to be able to give it all of your attention. So how can you really say if it worked or not? And I can say this, and this is really something recent. You know, we have a a class now that we call the 1K Fast Track, and it's really all about getting people started, like making that first sale, because once that happens, something happens in your mind that triggers it for you to be able to continue to do it and go out there and be motivated to continue to do this, but if you don't stay the course, you'll never have that opportunity because you might have gave up too soon, so again, that little quote or that little saying of the week is stay the course, all right, give yourself a hard like timeline. Like, How long are you going to give this 100% of your energy? I like to say at least 90 days, I'd like to say even six months. Give something your full attention so this way here you can give it everything you have, turn everything off that's mental distractions that is, whether it's social media, whether it's certain emails that you're subscribed to, other people's newsletters, whatever that is. I want you to really give yourself the best chance to succeed at anything that you do. And I'm gonna give you guys a recent example of this in my own life, which is really about my health and fitness. Now, some of you know that are longtime listeners, I recently got back on track. I got dialed back in, as I call it. And it was something that I said, you know what, I'm gonna give this everything I got. I'm gonna stay the course, and we'll we'll see what happens after the end of the 60 days. Well, I'm proud to say that after 70 days, now I think it's like 73 or 74 days, Eating clean, got all of my all of my health and and my fitness on track. I followed a program called T25 for the sixty days. Now I'm starting to get into weight training again, which I was doing probably about two and a half years ago, which I was really into that, and now I'm more excited about it because guess what? I got results right? I stayed the course. There was, you know, a week or two that I didn't see the results I wanted to, right? The scale didn't drop maybe, or I didn't feel as though I thought I was going to feel, but I just trusted in the process. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give it everything I got. And then at the end of the 60 days, I can reevaluate. Well, guess what? After 60 days, I lost just about 20 pounds, which is kind of crazy. A lot of people say, well, Scott, where did you lose 20 pounds? You weren't like overweight, were you? And I was like, well, yeah, I had a little bit of that, you know, sitting on the couch late at night with your arm in the in the bag of snack mix or, uh, you know, the potato chips. Like that was me. So I put on a little bit of weight, so I said, you know what, I got to get back on track, I'm not feeling that good about myself, my energy level was low, and once I'm in it now, oh my gosh, like there's no stopping, like I could literally have temptations right around the corner, and it's not bothering me, now that doesn't mean that I won't treat myself every now and then, but right now I'm so focused on what I want to accomplish, and the same thing goes with business, there's a project I'm working on right now with a partner, like we're so dialed into this thing, it's crazy, and to see the results and the progress, like we have three products in pre-production right now that should be landed in the next three to four weeks, which we are so excited about. We've got all kinds of exciting things going on, but we kind of created this timeline and this this course that we're going to follow, and we're going to stick to it, and we'll pivot along the way, but we're not going to go off to something else. We're going to stay the course. So again, I just want to really just kind of throw this out here to you guys and have you guys really think about that. Are you staying the course? Are you giving it 100%? I think a lot of us can say, eh, I might not have given it as much, Scott. I did for the first week, but then I kind of lost it. It's kind of like everyone that goes to the gym January 1st, and then, you know, right around February 1st, it's kind of leaned out a little bit. It's, you know, it's there's not as many people there, or you go into March and it's starting to really look like there's not a lot of people there. At least the people that had started in January 1st, you know what I mean. You can probably relate to that. I know I've done that. So again, commit to it. Give yourself a timeline, give yourself a you know, a structure to follow and then just stick to it, like stick to it. You'll be amazed at what can happen when you start to see some results and some progress. All right. Progress definitely leads to wanting to do more of it. And then when you do more of it, guess what happens? You usually get more results. It's just, it's kind of a funny thing, right? All right. So before we jump into today's first question, I did want to mention something here. I've got a little announcement. Um, The last episode, which was episode 336, we talked all about sponsored ads, pay-per-click for your Amazon listings, and we did a training, which we were calling the 101 Training of Pay-Per-Click, all right? I know a lot of people need this, okay, including myself. And that's why I did it. And I'm not saying that I'm the expert here at all at pay-per-click cuz I'm not. I'm learning all the time and I want to learn all the time. I think we always should be learning. But if you did not listen to that episode and you are already up and running and launched, definitely go check out that episode. The other thing we're doing is a workshop. Actually, we did it already. I'm what am I talking about? We already did the workshop and you guys can listen to that workshop or watch that workshop, which which is more of a visual of the of the training that we did on episode 336, All right. And you can find that by heading over to the amazing forward slash PPC. And that will give you that replay of that workshop. And then from there, we're following that up with, we're calling it kind of like TAS Pay Per Click Week, where we're doing Facebook lives. Every single day this week or the week that we did the workshop, depending on when you're listening to this, so if you want to watch or attend any of those Facebook Lives, again, depending on when you're listening to this, that will all be linked up on that link or at that link, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, everything will be linked up there. So definitely check that out. Now, if you're brand new and you're just starting, you don't even have a product launched yet, don't worry about that yet. Wait on that, okay? I'm telling you, do not go there. All right, because you don't need to understand all that until we get through what I call is the five phases, and that's where we get to that point. But right now, you're not at that point if you have not launched yet. So again, stay the course, stay whatever phase that you're in, stay in that phase, okay, and then from there, move on and graduate to each additional phase to then eventually launch. And after you're launching and stuff, you're going to want to learn more about the per click. Uh, again, do not overwhelm yourself. Okay, I'm here to tell you that. Do not overwhelm yourself. And as always, you can find the show notes and the transcripts and all the links that we talk about at TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 337, and then that way there, everything is in one location. But again, if you just want to jump to the pay-per-click training, TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash PPC, and uh, you'll find everything there. All right, guys, so I'm excited. Let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling here. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer.
1: Hey, Scott, uh, my name is Vahid uh, from Houston, and I'd like to thank you for your uh, amazing podcast. Uh, I've been listening for about a month now. I'm trying to catch up, but uh, I've learned a lot, and uh, I still am learning uh, from you, and I really appreciate for that. Uh, I've got two questions for you, if you don't mind. Uh, The first question, uh, I'd like to sell an item on Amazon And this uh, item has different uh, flavors and different sizes. Let's say, for example, vanilla and strawberry and uh, small, medium, large. So when it comes to UPC or barcode, do I have to have just one UPC that represents the entire product or do I have to have... Uh, Two times three equals six different UPCs and one for each size per flavor. So how does this work? Um, The other question is, uh, for example, in in similar cases on Amazon, I've seen uh, there's a shirt, for example. you, You click on it, and then after you click on the item, it says, okay, what size and what color do you want? There's a radio button that you... Just uh, click on it and then pick the the size and the uh, color or whatever. How can I have the same structure on my uh, on my Amazon page and and uh, structure this? Uh, should I do it on the Excel sheet that Amazon sends to to the clients uh, to fill up and return, or or how do I do it? Uh, Thank you very much for your help and support. I really appreciate your help uh, and keep up with the great job. Um, I'm a really, uh, a real big fan. So thank you very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.
0: Hey, Vahid. Thank you so much for the question. And this is a good one. This is a really good one. Uh, okay. So what we're talking about here is variations is what we're really talking about. And we have Let's just say we have one product, but different colors or tastes or sizes, or maybe a combination of both of those in those. Here's the deal. You're going to need separate UPCs for any any variation. You have to think of those as their own individual product, okay? If you have a medium t-shirt, that's one skew. If you have a small, that's another SKU. If you have a, a large, that's another SKU. Now, UPC codes, that's what's going to uh, allow you to create the listing. But then again, depending if you're brand registered and all of that stuff, you'll need an FNSQ number, which they'll supply. But that doesn't really matter at this point. What matters is that you need to understand that for each separate choice, in a sense, that will be its own variation, which will also be its own product. So you will have to go out there and get UPC codes or FNSQ numbers for these different products. Now, to answer your other question, how do you get those choices to come up? You're really probably going to use what they have inside of the back end. They'll lead you through it as you're building out that product. It's going to ask you if it has color, if it has taste, if it has sizes. Like You'll be able to fill that stuff out, or you can use... The flat file, which I'm not a huge fan of because I don't know how to use it. So that's why I'm not a fan of it. And I've already talked about that in the past. My good friend, Chris Schaefer, he's usually the one that helps me out with that if I need help with that. So the flat file to some people, it's easy. You go ahead and it's like a spreadsheet, right? And then you're going to basically put in all of the different calculating fields or all of the different fields there that will help to uh, come out with the different outcomes that you need to have per your product. So if you have, like I said, if you have a strawberry okay, then that strawberry flavor could also have different size bags, maybe, right? So then you're going to have to have that stuff all inside of that file, or you're going to have to do that in the back end of your seller's account inside of that listing. But just imagine this for a second, though, just to kind of go back to, because I know sometimes this can get confusing. If we have, let's say, a vanilla flavor and a chocolate flavor, and then out of all of those or both of those, we also have different sizes, a six ounce, an eight ounce, and a 10 ounce. Well, yes, we are going to have two separate products in there, but technically we have, if we had three different different uh, sizes, we would have two products, but we would then have six total Right, Because each one is its own thing. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, And again, I don't want to overcomplicate this. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Once you go in the back end and you start setting this stuff up, it's going to ask you these questions and then you're going to be able to fill those in. And then from there, it will allow you to have those choices. And it is going to depend on the different categories that you're in, uh, how they will display. Okay, Um, so I can't really say for sure what it's going to display if you're in grocery versus if you are in sports and outdoors or if you are in a different category, Um, it it will it will vary per category. All right. So hopefully this has been helpful. Remember, one step at a time, kind of like what I said before too. you know, keep on course, like stay focused and uh, yeah, just figure out this one piece and then move on to the next thing. Right. So. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to today's next question and I'll give you my answer.
1: Hey, Scott. um, Nice to meet you. I'm really concerned about two things. One is how are we going to get reviews on Amazon now that the terms of service have changed? And secondly, how do you rank your product on Amazon? I think that's one of the biggest things. If you can rank your product on Amazon, then, uh, you know, it can sell. So these are my questions. I'm hoping
0: to get an answer. Thank you so much. Okay, well, thank you so much for the question. I would address you by name, but you did not submit your name. So again, a little reminder here for everyone that's submitting questions for the show, definitely put in your first name and where you're tuning in from. And then this way here, I can give you a shout out and I can actually you know, maybe shake hands with you, uh, you know, more on a personal level. Uh, But no, this is a a good question, actually a good set of questions. We've answered them in the past. I think it's worth always bringing them back up again because it's pretty important. And some people think that reviews help you rank. And that's not necessarily the case depending on how you think about it. All right, so let's kind of cover the review thing. Like, okay, Scott, now how do we launch products that we can't get reviews? Well, Let's go back to when we're launching a product, we're not necessarily launching it to get reviews, right? We're launching it so we can get sales. Everything is based off of sales, even ranking inside of Amazon. So, our first thing that we need to understand is we just want to go out and get sales, right? So, however, we can drive sales, we want to do it. So, just be creative in how you can get sales. Now, Going out and saying, I just want to go after reviews, I think that's the wrong wrong mindset. I also think that people that are going after very competitive markets, they're more of the ones asking that question because someone else has a thousand reviews and they know in order to compete, they need a thousand reviews. I'm not going at it that way. Okay, and I don't think anyone should start out that way. If you want to, go for it. You're still going to have to go out there and get a lot of sales in order to get some reviews, and hopefully you're doing it ethically, okay? Because the last thing I'm going to do is give any advice that would say, go out there and Force your way to the top by buying reviews. Like, I don't believe in that. I don't think that's a long-term strategy, and I don't think anyone should do that. So let's just be very clear there, all right? So how do you get reviews? You get sales, and then you follow up with those customers and give some really killer uh, bonuses and some killer customer support. Like, you just want to take care of your customers, and then you can ask them if they wouldn't mind heading over to Amazon and letting them know how you did. That's it. That's it. You're not saying go over there and leave me a five-star review. We're not saying go over there and leave us, uh, you know, a review on Amazon and if you think that it's less than a five-star, email me. Like we're not doing any of that stuff. Like you've probably seen that either in other groups or maybe you've seen it in packages that you've purchased. I still see it right now when I get product from Amazon and I'm still blown away that people are still doing that. Um I don't believe in that. I don't think it's it's good to do, and I don't think it's worth doing because you're putting your account at risk. You don't want to do that. But there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, Amazon wants to make sure we're taking care of you. We want to make sure we're taking care of you. So, can you do me a quick favor and head over there and let them know how we did? Like, that's it. Like, I'm not saying go over there and leave me a positive review. Not saying that. Okay. So, to me, it's about Following up with the customer, we use Sales Backer. That's the one I've talked about in the past. If you guys want to check out the resources, if you haven't done so, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, and everything is linked up there. Plus, there's some special cool bonuses there if you go through my affiliate link, which will buy me coffee, which you guys know I love. But you don't necessarily even need that if you're just starting out. Just go out there and type an email like, or copy and paste a template that you create, and then you just revise it per customer uh, like if you're only getting you know five sales a day it's not going to take you that long to email five people and follow up with those people I mean you can do that totally uh, by just going into your uh, seller's account and going into that customer and then emailing them like that's as simple as it is but again I'm going back to product research if you're going after products that are getting you know they have a thousand reviews it's going to be really really hard it's going to be I'm going to tell you that right now it's going to be hard like, you need deep pockets, and you need a really, really, uh, you know, good way to go and blast a ton of product out there and get sales. It's all about sales. If someone's doing 100 sales a day, guess what? You got to get 100 sales a day to compete with that seller. So don't you think it would be easier if you went out there and you found product that was selling maybe 10 units a day or maybe even 15 units a day, and you're like, that's, uh, that's something I could probably do, and they only have... 25 reviews or maybe even 100 reviews. Could you compete with that? Sure. I think you, and actually I know you can because we're doing it right now in our open brand. We have a product right now. We have. I think we just got our first review, but it's been selling 15 a day. Uh, some. I think there was even a couple of days that it sold over 20, 25. Okay? Because again, the product research says that the product has good depth and demand. People want it. And they're not basing their decision on a review, okay? So just understand the product research comes down into that as well. And that's where you can do some of your pre-planning. So this way here, you don't have to do this massive giveaway or you know review giveaway or any of that stuff, okay? So just to be very clear there, that's what I'm talking about. Now, in order to rank, you need to start getting sales the same as before, right? It's all about sales. So if we get sales, it kind of moves everything along. We start getting sales. We can start eventually getting reviews. We can also start getting rank. As we get more sales, reviews are going to naturally come in, so it kind of just feeds itself. It feeds itself through this process, all right? Now, if you want to rank for keywords, it's going to take sales, preferably through certain keywords, so your listing better be optimized. That's the first rule. Before you even launch your product, you better have that thing optimized the best that you can before you launch. How do you do that? Well, you go out there and you look at some of your competitors, and you see how they're optimizing their listing. Look at the keywords that you're putting into the title, in the bullets, in the description, in your back-end search terms. What can you do to let Amazon know that is what your product is, and that is when, when people search for that product, that will come up. Now, that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to rank, but it means that if you start getting sales, it's also going to allow Amazon to look at your at, at all of your keywords that are based around your listing and start to raise you in the ranks. Now, of course, naturally, people are going to type in stainless steel garlic press. They're going to find your listing, and then they're going to now buy, and then when they buy, guess what? That helps you rank for that keyword. Now, another step in this would be then running... Amazon pay-per-click sponsored ads, which we just talked about in the beginning here, and if you guys skip the beginning for whatever reason, you can uh, you can check out the training that we're doing on sponsored ads, especially in the launch phase, and that is theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, and it's totally free, and uh, it's, it's where you can set up campaigns to start getting sales but also get data of what your what your customers are really searching for so we have a keyword which is that's what we think they're searching for, but then that keyword allows us, we call that our seed keyword, that keyword will then attract all of the the search terms that people are actually typing in. Again, it's it's a little complicated to explain here in like a five-minute section, that's why we did a whole podcast on it, which was actually episode 336, the one before here, Um, but definitely check that out, check out that training, we're going to be adding more to that as well, because that right there is a really big part of getting launched and then starting to get ranked for some of these keywords, but also allowing you to see some keywords that you might have missed that you can start to put into your listing, all right? So I know that was a short question on your end, a long answer on mine, but I think it needs to because there's a lot of different things here that go into this, and I think that a lot of people either overthink it or... They go after products that they have to do this stuff and then they're up against a wall and they don't know how to get it ranked and how to start getting sales. It's going to be hard. So I think it all starts in the prep, in the beginning, and that's why we do this in our pre-launch, but we also do it in our product research. So hopefully this has been helpful, and uh, yeah, give me, uh, give me an update when you get launched or um, even if you are launched and uh, if this has helped you. Just let me know. I'd really like to know how you're making out. So all right, let's go ahead and listen to one more question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this up, and you guys can get on with your weekend. What do you say? Let's do this.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Dennis been listening to your podcast for a little while, and I do appreciate all the information that you've given me. My question is, now that Amazon is stopping people from selling under brand names, is retail arbitrage dead? I can't go into a store and pick up, say, a Lego and try and sell it on Amazon anymore because of all the changes. My thought had been to originally do retail arbitrage until I brought in some money so that I could then do private label. So again, my question is, is retail arbitrage dead? Thank you.
0: Hey Dennis, thank you so much for the question. Thanks so much for being a listener too. I appreciate that. And this is a great question and I needed to answer this actually. When I heard it, I'm like, okay, cool. Yes, I have to answer that. The funny thing is, is retail arbitrage for anyone that doesn't know what that is, is basically you are buying retail product, like product in stores or liquidation centers or whatever, but they're brand name. They're like brands that, uh, you know, you would find in Target or Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot or any of the big box stores. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a major, major brand. Just, you know, it's retail or they're already in the Amazon catalog, okay? So what we're talking about now is if you can find those products and then you can sell them on Amazon, well, now we can flip that product. So it's kind of like we're product flipping. We buy something low, we sell it high. Well, the the funny thing is, is we actually created a beta group called the 1K Fast Track. And what it is, is really based around this whole concept. And to answer your question, is it dead? Well, ask the 50 people that just went through it. We generated just about, just over $15,000 in revenue from doing this exact model in five weeks, okay? So from having nothing week one. And then week five, we did the totals, and it was over $15,000 in revenue, okay? Now, we had some students that participated more than others. That's just the nature of the game. But it proved that this business model is still thriving. Now, my good friend, Dom Sugar, who runs the 1K Fast Track, who actually I, I asked him to teach this because he's been doing it for over 20 years, and he'll sit here and tell you right to your face, right to my face, it is still thriving, okay? But- are there some categories or are there some major brands that are gated that you can't sell under? Absolutely. But what he would say is, if you found something, like let's say Lego, right? That's, you know, you know, everyone knows Legos, right? Well, that's one that you can't sell necessarily on Amazon. It's restricted. You can't sell on that unless you were grandfathered in years ago, okay? Okay. So what would you do? You found a really good deal. I found a Lego set for $1.50 and it sells for $29 on uh, on Amazon. I can't do it. So what would I do? I'd go to eBay. That's what I would do, right? Why are we why are we thinking to ourselves we can only sell a product on Amazon? Like why? Like You can literally go out there, and actually, it's funny. We did a pre-challenge in our 1K Fast Track before we even started the class, the week before, and I said to everyone, I said, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in your house right now or into a room or into your basement or attic or whatever. I want you to clear it out. I want you to get a bunch of stuff together, and I want you to sell it on eBay, and I want to see what we can generate in seven days. We've generated over $3,500 in seven days from stuff that was laying around their house just on eBay, so if you find something that you can't sell on Amazon, look to eBay. eBay, you can sell it all pretty much, okay? So that's what I would say to that. And to answer your question, is retail arbitrage dead? The answer is no. I just interviewed a couple not that long ago, they generated over a million dollars in revenue uh, in revenue. They they did about a 10% margin on that, which again, they were working the kinks out. So they made about a little over $100,000 their first year, but it's still a viable business model. It does require work, but it does allow you to start really, really quickly. We actually did an episode, it was episode 312, where I walk you through like a weekend challenge Definitely check that out. If you're stuck and you don't know where to start, definitely check that out or head over to 1kfasttrack.com. Depending on when you're listening to this, that may be closed. We only open it up to a small group of students so that Dom can actually walk people through the entire process. And then every week he does a a coaching call. And uh, yeah, so if you're interested in that, definitely go check that out 1kfasttrack.com. And uh, you can see all the details there. You can probably even see um, some updates that we've done. and some of the students, and what they've done as far as totals, and all that fun stuff, but to answer your question, no, it's not, uh, you know, some people may think it is, and that's fine, that gets rid of some of the competition, but really, honestly, I think retail arbitrage is here, I don't think it's going to go anywhere, um, again, even if it does go away somewhat on Amazon, does that mean you can't do it on eBay, or another platform, the answer is, you know, no, you can do it there, so uh, I, I think that people just want to think that even like Amazon, like private labeling, like, oh, is private labeling dead? Yeah, it is. You better go away. Like, come on. Like, seriously, like, is it, is it becoming harder? Maybe, but are there still ways to get around it? Yes. But if it becomes harder for other people, that makes it easier for you that want to actually stay the course as we talked about in the beginning, right? See how it's all coming full circle. I didn't even plan that. Uh, But a lot of people like to make excuses because Amazon just changed the rules again. We can't get reviews. How do we get reviews? How do we launch products? I might as well leave. Like that's what we think. and we don't we don't want to think like that. we We shouldn't think like that. The opportunities are out there. They're still out there. Things change. We have to adapt. And then from there, we just keep moving on through this journey. People will always be buying products. People will always be selling products. It's just a matter of what platform we're going to use to leverage you know, the traffic and, you know, maybe the fulfillment and all that stuff. All right. So don't overcomplicate things, guys. Don't think that the sky is falling on everything and understand that you have to stay the course and you have to start getting results, however that is. And again, that's why we did the 1K fast track. The whole goal there is to have you make your first sale and eventually get to a $1,000 in revenue. So this way here, you can prove to yourself that it works. And guess what? When you see it works, it's gonna motivate you to get out there and continue to do it and continue to push. Okay, just like losing weight, if you go to the gym for two weeks and you start seeing results, you're going to want to go back to the gym, right? So you have to find a way to get results. So this way here, you can prove to yourself that it works, and then you can keep moving on and growing and expanding and pivoting and do whatever else you need to do because you're learning through this entire process. All right, so guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. I want to remind you guys if you want to ask a question on an upcoming show, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and also a little reminder on the show notes, the transcripts that can be all found at the amazing forward slash three thirty seven. And the last thing is, can you do me a favor? If you're not subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, could you do that? Could you go subscribe to this? So this way here, you'll always get the updates in the app, in your phone, whatever device you're using. And then the other thing is, if you feel as though you want to go leave a review, do that. That'd be awesome. And I'm not telling you to go leave me a positive review or anything anything like that. Just like I say on Amazon, you tell me what you think it's worth to you by heading over and leaving a review. That would be awesome. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.